that once you notice it in the Bible, it's everywhere. I remember when recently my wife and I bought a GMC Yukon, which is out here in the parking lot, kind of a fun used car. And we bought that and I thought, wow, I've never really seen a Yukon on the road before. And now I get on the road and that's pretty much every fourth car. You, you notice it. And if you notice beauty in the Bible, for the first time, you'll start to notice that it's one of the major themes of the Bible, and we don't talk about it in church, which I find to be just absolutely fascinating. Because some of the stuff that Kim was talking about is definitely all about uh, beauty. We're doing a sermon series called Beyond Order. And what we mean by that is now that we have peace with God, those of us who've made peace with God, what do we do with that? The purpose of the human race is not just to get healed or not just to get saved or not just to get right with God. God's purpose for us is to get right with him so that we can do what he created us to do. And we often don't spend a lot of time talking on that, which I think is really, really unfortunate. So we're going to put up, uh, I'm going to make sure I got the right slide here. We're going to be looking at beauty in the Bible. And in our men's group, we talked about personalizing that. And starting by creating beautiful space around us, because we can talk about beauty out there, but unless we start creating beauty in here, we often lose touch with it, and it becomes just sort of an abstract thing. So uh, get your Bibles out if you would, or your phones, or whatever you use to get into the Word. We're going to go deep into the Word today, and we're going to, uh, to look at what the Bible has to say about order. And this is uh, part number eight in our series. Make your main space as beautiful as possible. This is something we came up with in our men's group. Whether the main space that you spend your time in, whether it's your car, your office, the shop you work at, your classroom, whatever it happens to be, start creating beauty around you and then start to see God in that. I'd like to look at Isaiah 61, verse 3, if you want to turn to that and once, uh, once again, I just want to say that once you start looking at beauty in the Bible, it shows up everywhere, like the GMC Yukon. It's all over the place. Who here has heard messages or teaching on beauty in the Bible? No hands go up. It's just it's real interesting, isn't it? Major theme, major theme of the Bible. We don't talk about it in church. Here we have Isaiah 61.3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them, I love this phrase, Praise here, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Beauty for ashes, it doesn't get a lot more poetic than that. We all get ashes in our lives. We have stuff that uh, just gets burned up and doesn't work out. We have relationships that don't work out. We have jobs that don't work out. We have uh, diets that we give up after a week and a half. We've got uh, health plans that don't work out. We've got all kinds of things that don't work out. Here, Who here has had a project that didn't work out? It's just pretty much all of us. You, you're going to work on this and never quite get to it. But uh, he gives us beauty for ashes. So God is a giver of beauty. Say that with me. God is a giver of beauty. Giver of beauty. In fact, in the book of Exodus, we have a refugee camp of Israelites, 600,000 men and their hangers-on. So it's a whole bunch of people. And they're traveling around for 40 days. If you've ever watched the news and you see pictures of refugee camps, who would want to go live there? This, this is a refugee camp, a traveling refugee camp. 
And what do they put at the middle of it? Something beautiful. Bezalel, who was the first person who was mentioned in the Old Testament or the Bible altogether, was given, was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the first time that's mentioned in the Bible, too. Was filled with the Holy Spirit for gifts of craftsmanship and beauty. And he built, and it goes on for for chapters about the beauty of what he heard from God and what he got from God and put together with his team was absolutely beautiful. So at the center of this yucky refugee camp, where most of the rules were about hygiene, think about it. Uh, if you get sick, you got to sit outside the camp for a while because who thinks that could spread in a refugee camp pretty fast, it, uh, real quick? So there's all these these purity rules about uh, keeping everybody safe, and it's probably pretty scruffy. And in the middle of that, what do they put? Something of absolute sublime beauty, which is the tent of meeting where you meet God. So the whole thing was focused on beauty, God's presence in the middle of everything. And I just think that that's what God wants to do. He wants to dwell in the midst of our lives with beauty. And he wants us to create beauty around us, to work with him to bring beauty out of ashes. Hebrew spirituality talks about how God withdrew some of his glory so that he could do creation because he had to do that because he is perfect and he is God. And He didn't want to reproduce himself. He wanted to create a creation, so he had to withdraw a little bit of his perfection so that we could have this world. But he wants us to work with him to bring beauty back into things. Beauty was the beginning and the end of the Bible. We were in our prayer group, and I invite you guys to join us. We had a great prayer meeting this morning at 9.15, and uh, somebody mentioned the Garden of Eden. We start in a beautiful garden, and we end up with the new Jerusalem coming down with this beautiful picture. So the, the book bookends of human history are beautiful. And not just spiritual, not just good, but plain old good-looking and beautiful. And we want to work with God for beautiful things. Who thinks Kim did a fairly good job with a song she doesn't like very much? Uh, she's got a beautiful voice. And so there's this whole... Uh, bringing beauty into the midst of what we do. That's why we start with praise and worship. Praise and worship is beautiful. Music is beautiful. Who here has never been touched emotionally by music? Good luck. Uh, we get It touches our hearts, doesn't it? There's certain songs which they come on, and you can uh, play any song you want just by asking Daryl. He's got an iPod in his head that goes around uh, 24-7, music going all the time, and I have some of that too. So whatever I listen to last ends up, playing around and around and around in my mind, which is why I like coming to church, because for a couple days after the praise set, I'm playing those songs in my head. And it's beautiful stuff. We're drawn to beautiful music. Country rap, not so much. But you know the rest of music, yeah, we're, we're, we're drawn to beautiful music. We're drawn to stuff. If you've got a next-door neighbor who's practicing violin or drums for the first time in second grade, probably not so beautiful. But it gets there over time. It gets there over time. Let's look at Ecclesiastes. Three verses 11. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. Ecclesiastes has got all kinds of kind of wisdom stuff in it. And it says here, God has made everything beautiful in its time, in its season. He's also put eternity into our hearts, their hearts, our hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. We have a sense of infinity. We have a sense of what infinity is, but we can't picture it. 
there's a sense to which we understand beauty, but we can't quite attain it. But we understand, we know it when we see it. We know it when we hear it. We know it when we run into it. We know it when we experience it. And we're often, this is important, beauty isn't just beautiful for its own sake. When we encounter beauty in those emotional moments where things are just, it just gets you, it's breathtaking, we often sense the presence of God. When my son and I were when uh, traveling around Europe, he was in high school, and we put on a couple backpacks and got $550 Eurail passes, and we traveled all over Europe with these backpacks, staying in youth hostels and trains and the whole thing. And I wanted him to see Chartres Cathedral. And Chartres Cathedral is this, everybody would say it's one of the most beautiful buildings in the world. I mean, everybody, on every top five list, it's on it. It's this gorgeous cathedral. And it took him like a thousand years to build this thing. And it's a city of 10,000 people that was never important. Picture a town of 10, a little county seat town somewhere that was never important, but they committed for generations to creating beauty. You walk into the building, it takes your breath away. You just, when you walk in, it's just like, wow. Look at, look at the way the light comes through the stained glass window. Look at, and you feel the presence of God. Not that it, not that you need something human made to, to sense the presence of God. That happens in nature too. But I'm just saying, when something beautiful happens, we, we sense God's presence. And if you don't sense God's presence enough, Go after and seek after and create beauty in your life. You ever walk? I, I remember we were first married and our house was a little messy. And we'd go into the, uh, we'd be invited to the homes of people in their 50s. And there was just this order, you know, in the, in the place. There's just, they've got their, they've got their act together. And you walk in and you just think, this is real. They have nice things here. They've got, these things are in order here. It's just not chaotic like it was when we were younger. This is, there's a sense to which this is kind of coming together. And people do create those things in their homes or in their gardens or wherever they are or with their music or whatever it happens to be. He's put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. We also talked a bit about dreams and how God continues to speak to people through dreams. I posted a teaching on that and a whole bunch of people got mad at me saying you shouldn't trust dreams, dreams are this, that, and the other thing, and you should only trust the Bible. I thought, well, it's in the Bible that I hear that people hear from God in dreams. I mean, there is Joseph and all these things. There's, there's all kinds of dreams in the Bible. Just pay attention to the word, not dreams. I'm thinking, well, it's in the Bible that you see this. This is where I get the idea that people hear from God in dreams. And I've been paying attention the last few days to that, and it has been remarkable how much vocational guidance we get from dreams. Because your subconscious mind, your soul, can tell when you're off track. And that often comes up in your dreams in different ways with different symbols. And you start paying attention to that. We need to pay attention to those dreams, especially recurring dreams that happen over and over and over again. And when you're dreaming, who here has been amazed by the just what happens in your dreams, you're creating that out of your mind. You are an artist. You are a sculptor. You're a movie producer. You're putting this stuff together. And there's all these things happening. You're the script writer and the whole deal. And that just shows you the capacity you have for creating this incredible scenery around you and everything that's happening. You pull these things out of your memory, which shows you that you're good at creating beautiful things. 
we've had beautiful dreams and we've had really stupid dreams. I had a dream last week that uh, I had two sticks of celery that I needed to do something with and I wasn't sure what that would be. So it just, I don't think that means anything. So some, yeah, just exactly. Philippians 4.8. This is Paul writing. And the Bible commands us in the New Testament to focus on beautiful things, to have good thoughts in your mind, which is why it's a good idea not to watch the local news before you go to bed. Uh, there's a four-alarm fire here, and somebody got shot there and everything else, and you go to bed, and it's just it's ugly. I, I got up this morning, and I made coffee and toast and jam, uh, excuse me, and uh, peanut butter and blueberries. I was sitting there eating breakfast, and... I was goofing around on YouTube and I saw ugliest neighborhoods in America and I clicked on and they were driving through these horrible neighborhoods. I just thought, oh gosh, this is, this is a place where people need to create some more beauty that need to, who'd want their kids to live there? Nobody. We would like to live in a beautiful community. We would like to create places that are nice. Finally, brothers, sisters, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. This is Philippians 4, 8. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are what? Beautiful. Whatever things are a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Pay attention to good things. Before you go to bed, do a slideshow in your, in your head of beautiful things and program your mind to, to be focused on beauty because it's often in beauty that we encounter God. It's in the tabernacle where we meet, have the tent of meeting with God. It's often in music. So often, praise and worship just sort of takes off, and I think, why would I even bother teaching now? Because this is what's bringing beauty into the room, is the music. I like listening to organ music. Now, not... In general, I don't have an organ station in my car or on on Pandora or something. But if you're ever in Europe and you're walking around the old part of any town, you probably will hear someone practicing on the organ for Sunday. And if you get a chance, walk in. They like it when you listen to their practices, by the way. And you sit there and the that sound reverberates through those old stone churches and it just kind of sh it just kind of shivers your your spine it just it's it's fabulous there's this beauty in that and there is something beautiful about being drawn to and paying attention to those things fill your house with beautiful music fill your house with beautiful things uh remove clutter wherever you can um create a nice space to do good things keep your car nice you know those kind of things here in uh, Mark 10, 13 through 16, another way to be attracted to beauty is to pay attention to kids because kids notice beauty. Yesterday, Wendy and I were driving down Highway 1 along the California coast. We saw some folks here from the well, Tom and Chris Brees. They have a place up there, and we were driving back. And we stopped to see the elephant seals. And the elephant seals are gigantic. They're just absolutely, and they're all, they're all fighting with each other over girlfriends. That's what they do. The guys go, Wah! they're doing their, these things, and, they're trying, and the girls are bored, and they're sleeping, kind of waiting to see what happens. But it was coming back through the parking lot. It was coming back through the parking lot, and there's this little kid pulling on his dad's arm. Dad, dad, the birds, and there's birds walking across the parking lot. It's dad, 
the birds, birds is pretty. And he's pulling, he's pulling his dad to see these beautiful birds walking across. And kids will notice beauty. And if you hang out with kids, you'll notice beautiful things because they're uninhibited and they'll tell you, look at this, look at this. Wendy is very childlike when we travel. And I like to travel with Wendy because I miss 80% of stuff if I don't take her along. She's like, look at this, look at this. We have a, we have a joke, joking phrase. Uh, we went on a tour in East Germany and the tour guide didn't speak good English and she kept saying, look at, look at. And so we always joking say, look at, look at. But Wendy's always pointing out things I miss. Flowers, animals. If a deer walks through the woods, Wendy's going to notice it. And so it's, I don't want to go hiking anywhere without Wendy because I miss everything. Pay attention to those things around you and be around really young kids because they will, they will bring you to beauty. They will point things out. They will show you things. They'll also tell you when things are ugly and icky. Another evangelistic angle. One of the people in our men's group came up with this. It's really easy to get people who are not believers to talk about God. If you ask them, have you ever had like a sacred experience when you saw something beautiful? And the word sacred is kind of non-threatening, but it's a Latin word for holy. And people often say, yeah, I, 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 was, out, I was out in the mountains and I saw this, that, and the other thing. And that can lead to a conversation about, did you sense God's presence? There's lots of the only way to talk to people about God is not by trying to convince them they're sinful. There's other ways to do that. Jesus never did that. He never walked around, you know, doing that. And uh, that's one way to talk to people about God. But there, who thinks focusing on people's experience of beauty might be a really good place to start in talking about evangelistically bringing them to faith by showing them that God is present in these things. They can share something, then you can say something. Well. When I was up at Yosemite, I felt God's presence when I saw this. And next thing you know, you're talking about the kind of things we want to talk about because God is present where beauty is present. So let's work on those things. Beauty in the Word. One of the things I love most about reading the Bible is that it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. My most beautiful stuff, the most beautiful stuff I think in the Bible, some of it's in the Psalms, but a lot of it is in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke has four stories that don't occur anywhere else in the Bible. And they are the Christmas story. Who here has seen Linus get up and read the Christmas story at the end of Charlie Brown Christmas? <laughs> and you get choked up. Why? It's beautiful. <laughs> this is what Christmas is about, Charlie Brown. There's this the story itself is magnificently put together, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Good stuff. The Good Samaritan. You hear the Good Samaritan story once, and you cannot cross a person in need with the same feeling ever again. It will change the way you encounter people forever. Just hearing it once. The prodigal son. We've, we're all praying for prodigals, and some of us have been prodigals. There's, there's some of that. There's just so much truth in that of redemption. And the walk to Emmaus, when they recognize the risen Christ in their midst. Great stuff. I'm getting choked up thinking about it. The Bible is full of beautiful stuff. I, I am drawn to the Bible not because it's good for me, although it is. It's because it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautifully put together, and there's fantastic stuff in there. 
and I feel close to God when I read this stuff. It with his with his spirit come with his breath, his words, breath comes his spirit. So some practicalities. Here's just some little things you can do. Determine the space where you spend the most time. Office, car, kitchen, family room, porch, wherever it happens, wherever you spend the most time. Do what you can to make it as beautiful as possible. Do what you can to make it something that would be inviting of God's presence. There really is something to that. I feel God's presence in my office more when it's or, when it's organized than when it's not. When it's messy, I feel messy. It's we, we have clutter around us. It's like it's like um, it reflects clutter inside of us. And sometimes we feel cluttered when we have clutter around us. There's something about creating beautiful space. Make it as beautiful as possible. Number three, pay attention to the kind of beauty that takes your breath away or brings tears to your eyes. Nature, music, art, architecture, color, gardens. And it can be God's handiwork or it can be things that people build. This is why we have art museums. This is why we have sculpture museums. This is why we go to see beautiful buildings. Wendy and I crossed the Bixby Bridge yesterday at uh, on Highway 1. And everyone stops to take pictures of it. And this was put together in 1932 by a bunch of 19-year-olds with WPA and CCC during the Depression, making almost no money and living in camps. And they built this thing, and people stop to look at it because it spans this, this crick with this beautiful concrete arch. And just crossing the bridge itself feels like kind of a sacred thing. There's something beautiful about some of the things people build. San Francisco would look half as attractive without the Golden Gate Bridge. There's, I remember the first time we came through Marin County, I'd never seen it before. And Wendy and I were driving south through Marin County, we came through the fog, and poof, there was the Golden Gate Bridge. And just, you almost have to pull over. Nature does that too, though, if you've ever gone through the tunnel at Yosemite. I think there's probably a lot of car accidents at the other end, because you come out, you go, whoa, because you see the whole valley when you come through this dark tunnel, and poof, there's this whole thing. And it takes your breath away. And be drawn to those things and expect to see God in those things. Expect to see God in those experiences. Pay attention to those things that take your breath away. Expect to meet God in these places. Help make the church beautiful. Linda likes to make the church beautiful, uh, but she could use some help. Uh, what can we do to, to make things look nicer here? Can we... Uh, have some nicer equipment? Can we, whatever you want to do. Can we create, can we do a better job of taking care of the, of the property? Who thinks God would bless us if we did that, if we showed up and uh, did some of that? Joan's done an awful lot of the gardening and has made a lot of things beautiful right around the parking lot. Uh, little things we could do. Maybe some of you know somebody who, who works in asphalt and can redo the parking lot for us. Who thinks that that could be beautified a little bit? Uh, it just, uh, we, Maybe that can be your gift to the church. It would be a beautiful thing. Some of you might be able to create a beautiful sign. The Methodists have been telling us for three years now that we can put a sign out there, and we've never gotten around to it. But who thinks a beautiful sign would tell people that we're here? Those kinds of things. So uh, help make the church beautiful. There's ways of doing that. There's. Uh, I remember when I was growing up, there was always somebody who brought flowers for church. And the pastor would always say, 
These flowers today in the announcements were given by so-and-so Olson in memory of her Aunt Olive or whatever. You know, it just, but it was nice. There was a, there was a, sense, of, uh, a sense of beauty in that. I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. When we encounter beauty, our awareness of our own consciousness is amplified. When we sense the design of God's creation and when we sense beauty around us, the reason we sense the presence of God is because we start to appreciate the beauty because we are conscious, we become aware of our consciousness. In fact, when you see something beautiful, you have a sense of heightened consciousness. And in that heightened consciousness, you sense the consciousness of God. And those are beautiful things. Seek after those things that raise your sense of heightened consciousness. Those things that make you feel uh, beautiful on the inside. We sense a kinship with God when we see those things. Expect to see God in beauty. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 5 through 17. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also might be glorified with him. Why am I sharing this verse at the end? The reason I'm sharing this voice at the end, this verse at the end is it's in beautiful things that our spirit cries out and tells us that we belong to God that we are his children. Our spirit calls out and says, Father, uh, I'm part of this family. You brought me into this world to, to appreciate and to craft the beautiful things around me and to make things more beautiful. I'd invite you all to stand and we're going to pray. We're going to move into a time of, uh, of, uh, of worship and contemplation. Lord, uh, your word says make a beautiful noise. Make a beautiful noise. And everyone's voice is beautiful, Lord. And some people in this room probably have been told that their voice is not beautiful, that they shouldn't share, uh, they shouldn't sing. I've been told that. And I'm sure other people have been told that. And Lord, I just pray that uh, we would trust your word when it says our voices are beautiful because you love the sound of our voices. And we come against the curse that uh, has been, curses spoken over us that we shouldn't be singing. Because, Lord, when we sing, we sense uh, your presence. Your word says that you inhabit the praises of your people. And the truth is, Lord, you love to hear our voice. I, I love to hear my wife's voice. I love to hear my son's voice. There's something beautiful about that familiar voice. And you love to hear our voices, Lord, when we sing. So we pray, Lord, that you would make us seekers of beauty this week that we would make our places, uh, places where we spend time beautiful, that we would work with you to rid the world of ugliness, of brokenness. Lord, we look forward to a world where everything, where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. For that's what you've promised us in the new heavens and the new earth. And Lord, uh, we know that we came from a garden and that we belong there again. So we pray, Lord, that you would bless our journey back there. Lord, if anyone here doesn't know you within the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray that they would 
sense your presence in the beauty of music, in the beauty of your creation this week, and they would say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to follow your son. For we've called your son our, our beautiful Savior. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blood of your sacrifice 
like you all to receive a blessing. Just go ahead and open up your hands. and uh, Lord, we want to receive uh, all the beauty and truth and goodness and virtue that you have for us, Lord. Uh, we don't attain those things. You give them to us as a gift. and We live into them. So we pray, Lord, that you would bless us this week. I pray that you give each of us a very special encounter with beauty this week that we would speak out as this takes our breath away. We'd speak out, hear my Lord, uh, speak to me in the midst of this beautiful, beautiful experience, whatever it is. We pray, Lord, that uh, we grow closer to you. We pray that you'd help us to bring beauty into other people's lives by doing beautiful things, speaking beautiful words. Lord, uh, we all been the recipient of beautiful blessings the people have shared with us that changed the direction of our lives because someone affirmed us. Someone told us we had what it took. And Lord, we pray that you'd give us beautiful words to share with people. We pray, Lord, that uh, we would grow ever closer to you as we experience more of your beauty and seek it out with all that we have this week. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got a lot of coffee and treats and stuff outside. So please uh, talk to somebody you don't know that well. Say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Grab something to eat, grab something to drink, and uh, let's hang out together for a while. And we will see you next week. Next week, we're going to talk about what to do about painful memories, how we deal with those things. So we'll be dealing with that next week. And look forward to seeing everybody. Those of you watching on TV, we'll see you next week. And watch for our daily Bible teachings. Have a wonderful week.